welcome to Diary of a Mad Black Teacher, the podcast. Diary of a Mad Black Teacher, Mad Signifying Making a Difference, is a compilation of stories from thousands of parents, students, coaches, and educators that I have experienced during my time here on Earth as an educator. These stories have driven me to create a safe space for parents and anyone with an interest in students of color and students in marginalized groups where we can freely express ourselves and receive information that is specifically designed to help us successfully navigate through a systemically oppressive education system that of course was not designed for our children to succeed in. In each episode, I will give tons of resources, guidance, and information that will encourage, empower, and enlighten you on how to ensure an excellent and equitable education for you and your children, because you will know how to demand it and accept nothing less. And lastly, my hope is that this podcast will create a community of knowledgeable, strong people who work together to dismantle systemic oppression within education, as our current and future generations are depending on us to do so. Thank you for tuning in. Sit back, relax, and get ready to take some notes because class is in session. Hello, welcome back to class. I am so happy to have you back for the fourth episode as we will be clearing up some misconceptions about the history of African Americans and education in the U.S. There are various factors that lead to misconceptions or false realities around the history and current state of Blacks or African Americans within the United States as it pertains to education. In most traditional schools, a very watered down and misleading version is given to children in regards to the impact that education has had on Blacks in this country. For instance, most history books will mention the following. Africans were bought to America as slaves. While slaves, they were not able to participate in learning or reading. With the help of abolitionists, some learned to read, and eventually slaves were freed. White abolitionists set up schools for freed slaves and taught their children. Time passed. Blacks got fed up because they believed they were not given fair access to education. The Brown versus Board of Education Supreme Court case happened in 1954, and the United States ruled that segregation was illegal. White people were mad for a few years because of the Supreme Court decision and yelled some nasty things at Black children who tried to enter their quote-unquote schools. And then the Civil Rights Movement happened, and at its peak, it was led by Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Black people got the right to vote. Actually, I'm going to stop there. Here's my public service announcement. If you have not already done so, as soon as you are done listening to this episode, go vote. It is important. Your voice matters. Use your voice. Get to those polls. Vote. Mail it in. Do what you have to do, but please go vote. Okay, back to what the traditional history books will tell us. Dr. Martin Luther King led the civil rights movement and blacks got the right to vote. And then boom. All of a sudden, education for Black children was easily accessible because Blacks were now able to vote for some reason. I don't know why those two are in correlation. But from there, it somehow shifts to Black and Hispanic children not being properly educated and the blame being put on their parents for not being active in their children's education or too lazy to pull themselves up by their own bootstraps and get out of impoverished areas and move to better neighborhoods to give their children an opportunity to a better education or the blame is somehow put on teachers so let's work through these misconceptions and clear them up so that we can get ourselves on a path of clarity for the sake of our children's education 
Let's start with slaves not being able to read or get an education. Africans were the first to build universities on this planet that we call Earth. Education was the sole purpose of many African kingdoms and villages, and kings spent fortunes to educate their kingdoms, and they successfully did so. So when Africans were brought to America, it was so important in the process of total mental, physical, emotional, and spiritual control of slaves that laws were established and enforced to kill any slave that was caught reading. Not allowing slaves to read and write was the only way to prevent slaves from gaining knowledge, pride, and the ability to think and make decisions on their own. It was the only way to keep them in bondage, not just physically, but mentally, keep slaves dependent on their masters or owners, and keep them incapable of uprising or overthrowing the people and systems in place that were stopping them from gaining freedom. And that tactic actually worked for 400 years. So please keep this at the forefront of your minds always. The truth is, is that when slavery ended, about 10% of slaves were actually literate and they knew how to write. Also note that there were hundreds of thousands of black northerners that were literate. When slavery ended, free slaves pushed to educate their children. Black northerners and white northerners joined their efforts to start schools throughout the South. They did not have much money, although the federal government did supply some funding, but most of it came from them putting together their scraps that they were given to build one-room schoolhouses to educate their youth. Specifically in Virginia, many Blacks spent much of their earnings and income to pour into school buildings in their communities and to pay for Black adults to be properly educated and trained to be certified teachers. Education that had been withheld from them at the personal risk of their lives was now accessible and they wanted to utilize it in all capacities now that they could do so openly. Some white Northerners and abolitionists who did come to help open schools left after about a year or two of establishment of these schools for various reasons. Blacks continued on with the sole responsibility to educate their own children and they did a phenomenal job. They went from no education or very little to building schools, communities, businesses, and family structures all in the midst of having their homes burned down schools burned down by white supremacists, being taunted, harassed, and subject to daily hate. And they still had the drive to rebuild and the determination to educate their children no matter what, which is remarkable. By 1910, 45 years after slavery ended, black educators and parents had put in so much work with their children that they brought literacy rapes literacy rates to over 70% for persons 14 years and older, which was an increase of over 60% literacy. Well into the 1950s, thousands of black educators surpassed their white counterparts in qualifications, preparations, and abilities to teach. One contributing factor is that they had many more obstacles, tasks, and coursework to complete than their fellow white educators because of the systems of inequality in place that tried to deter them from gaining certifications. In fact, in the book, The Displacement of Black Educators Post-Brown, 
an overview and analysis, Michael Foltz explicitly states that pre-Brown versus Board of Education begin, quote, Black teachers by far were better prepared and equipped to educate this nation despite the race of the child, end quote. Inside of the walls of schoolhouses for colored children, or schoolhouse shacks as they were termed a lot of times, teachers taught their children self-love, their true history, not that black people started off as slaves, or Christopher Columbus discovered America and all that nonsense. They taught them their true history. Cultural pride, finances, grooming, hygiene, etiquette for young men, etiquette for young women, literacy, comprehension, and gave them real world experiences to relate the content they learned. They spoke life into black children and taught with love and instilled discipline. They taught black children how to successfully navigate through a life in America as a black person and all that that entailed because they personally understood what it entailed. Eventually, it came to a point that despite the black community's efforts to give their youth a loving, effective, and strategic learning experience, there was just not enough money to do it, and especially to do it in the manner that would set their youth up to be properly prepared to compete with their white counterparts in the job market, politics, finances, and etc. So the black community said, we just want the government to uphold their end of the bargain and give us equal. Because in Plessy versus Ferguson, the Supreme Court ruled that separate but equal was legal, that black schools and white schools could be legally separated, even within the same town, boundaries, and jurisdictions. But funding was nowhere near equal. Of course, the white schools had state-of-the-art equipment, resources, funding, while black schools often had one room to educate the entire community's children in, no heat, leaking ceilings, recycled books, some that were 30 years and older that dozens of children had to share. And of course, white teachers pay and black teachers pay were significantly different. National averages show that in 1950, white teachers on average made $3,010 more a year than black teachers with the same credentials, teaching the same grade and subject within the same community. And predominantly white schools received on national yearly average $400,000 more than black schools. Don't be shocked because as of 2019, according to EdBuild, on a national average, non-white school districts get $23 billion less combined than white districts despite serving the same number of students. And we will absolutely discuss funding and allocation of education um, in a future episode because we absolutely need to discuss that. And that episode will be in a few weeks. So please make sure you tune in. So back to pre-Brown versus Board of Education. Black parents, Hispanic parents, Asian parents, and Native American parents just wanted their children to have equal access to education so that their children had a fighting chance to compete with their white counterparts for financial and career success and stability. And we discussed that last episode. The misconception is that black people overwhelmingly wanted the outcome of Brown versus Board of Education to lead to desegregation and integration of schools. And that is completely untrue. They were asking for equal, equal funding for their teachers, equal resources, 
equal equipment, equal quality of school buildings. Many of them did not want their children to go into white schools where they knew their children were going to be unwelcome and hated. The Brown versus Board of Education ruling to desegregate and integrate, integrate schools was detrimental to the black community. Yes, I said it. It was detrimental because black people got the short end of the stick, shorter than it already was. When integration happened, they shut down the black schools, which means black teachers were now without jobs. They could not go and get hired at the white schools. And the few blacks that were teaching in integrated schools, they were laid off even if they were tenured and their jobs were given to white teachers. Many white teachers did not want to teach black children and most were not prepared to. So they taught them Eurocentric pride in history. They didn't go educate themselves on the true history of black people. So they taught them Eurocentric pride, Eurocentric history in a curriculum that only mirrored white people. And they did this for all 13 year, years of schooling. And by the way, this still happens today. Most schools in this country do not have a multicultural curriculum or a curriculum that mirrors students of color. White teachers looked at black children as beasts that needed to be controlled, not educated. Black children were separated into different classrooms and taught different curriculums that were watered down in comparison to their white peers. And they were tracked into laboring position, blue collar jobs. And this still happens today. There's an achievement gap and we know for we are know for a fact that black students and students of color are not encouraged or pushed or recommended into AP or high performing programs like IB nearly as much as their white counterparts. Black students were verbally and mentally and physically abused by their white teachers and white peers. White teachers also failed at properly communicating with parents of color and oftentimes refused to communicate with them, leaving parents out of the learning process. Other contributing factors within the systems of oppression left parents of color without a voice and also left them ignorant in how to navigate through this education system, which led to the misconception that the reason why black students fail is because their parents don't care and aren't involved, when in reality there has been very little effort to truly engage black parents in the learning process. White teachers truly struggle with educating black children and partnering with black families and parents back then and they still do. 93% of teachers that teach in predominantly black schools are white and come from a higher and more advantageous socioeconomic status than their students, which causes a huge disconnect in learning and, and teaching process. And teacher programs are not teaching or preparing teachers to work with low socioeconomic status students, marginalized students, or students of color. In fact, for some reason, teaching black children how to read has become a perplexity in a national mystery because since 1950, pre-Brown versus Board of Education, where literacy rates for black people ages 14 and older were at 87%, it is now significantly lower. And when I mean significantly lower, I mean 59% lower. We have regressed tremendously, almost back to the rates of reading profici proficiency for our children when slavery first ended. 
We will dive deep into literacy next week and what we need to do to increase our children's literacy rates in marginalized communities. But as we clear up misconceptions of history and the education of black children in America, I hope that it is evident to you that black and whites coming together to properly educate our students is possible because it has been done before. Black parents and educators taking control of their children's education and rising to the occasion time after time to ensure their children receive an excellent and equitable education is possible because it has been done before. But we cannot continue to allow this to be a thing of the past. Black parents, I need you to stand up just like our ancestors did. They paved the way for us and gave us a blueprint on how to ensure our children get access to education and not just access to education, education that is equitable. No one is going to come and give it to us and it has not been designed for us. We must continue to educate and empower ourselves. Put education at the forefront of importance for ourselves, for our communities, and most importantly, for our children. Along with these misconceptions, our priorities have gotten mixed up. I'm gonna be honest. Our priorities have gotten mixed up and we have to change our priorities as a community, as it pertains to our most valuable, precious, innocent children's minds and how they are going to be developed. That should be our number one priority, investing in our children's minds, investing in their education and investing in their future. Because investing in gaming systems, the newest and latest sneakers or designer jeans is not going to lead to their success. Knowledge and education will. This education system is so broken that it needs to be dismantled and it needs our attention. It needs our undivided attention. And that is not a misconception. That is a fact. I am confident that it will be this generation of parents, educators, and youth who will dismantle it and rebuild a system where we educate equitably, no matter race, class, sexual orientation, gender, etc. In a system where more educators of color are encouraged to go into the classroom and pay equitably, equitably for their work. In fact, that all teachers and educators are paid for their worth and work. In a system that all educators are properly trained and educated on how to educate all students, a system that when we enter classrooms in poor neighborhoods and we enter classrooms in rich neighborhoods, we find the same thing. Teachers speaking life into their children, teachers believing in their children, teaching them their history and their pride with a curriculum that is inclusive of that. And that nationwide, parents of color and in marginalized groups have a place at the table for making decisions and policies that will impact their children. But it all starts with making education a priority, not playing into or upholding these misconceptions or false realities as true and coming together to tear down and rebuild an education system that is advantageous and beneficial for all of our children. Thank you for joining me today. Please follow my Instagram page at Diary of a Mad Black Teacher and look for my weekly posts on every Teach Me Thursday. Comment under the post and tell me what topics you would like to hear discussed in future episodes.
Also, please subscribe to Diary of a Mad Black Teacher, the podcast, on your favorite listening platforms. Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Breaker, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, or Spotify, as all my episodes are there. Links to free resources that will help you or your loved ones can be found on my website, diaryofamadblackteacher.com. And please be sure to check out freebies, upcoming events, and submit comments or questions on my website as well, as I absolutely check submissions daily and look forward to hearing from you. Lastly, if you are in need of more specialized and specific help, you can book a free consultation with me on my website. And remember class, you can be mad or you can make a difference. Have a mad amazing week and I can't wait to see you back in class. Class is missed.